Welcome to the 3 and D Podcast. Uh, my name is Sean Coleman, a regular host. Uh, uh, Justin Lewis actually um, it will uh, be with us here in the near future. Uh, he's had a lot of work obligations. So uh, we are thrilled uh, to have uh, on this week's show, kind of like Mark King on last week, but we're thrilled to have on this week fellow Grizzly Bear Blues blogger, uh, Darren Jeans. How are you doing this evening, Mr. Jeans? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Not a problem at all. I, 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 I've learned to uh, uh, definitely uh, through uh, some new opportunities that you've created here over the past month or so. I love your work. I've enjoyed your stuff over at GBB, but really wanted to take the time to talk with you. So before, you know, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. You, you've um, launched a new opportunity here. So please mm-hmm. tell us all about it. I, I believe it's called Coming In Hot, if I'm correct, a, a new uh, creation from you um, on social yeah. media. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's called coming in hot, um, and um, yeah, it's it, it, if 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 you're if you're familiar with um, uh, a show called uh, the Breakfast Club, that's 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 kind of the format we're kind of uh, going off of. Um, we we want to hit you know every every single topic we can. Of course, sports, you know, uh, movies, uh, you know, uh, 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 trailers, uh, uh, music, culture, you know, everything. Um, but, you know, most people want to hear about sports and especially local sports here with, uh, of course, Tigers and the Grizzlies. Um, but we, we want to be able to expand where, where we're talking uh, more about just other things in sports. But, of course, like, you know, you know it, it, sports is going to be our bread and butter. You know? but, but we want to be able to talk about any kind of topic and, and, and kind of keep people informed on uh, 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 a number of things other than sports, you know. So if we're going to stick with popular culture here, Darren, I think that the burning question here that everybody's interested in hearing from you, yeah, over yeah. the uh, over the past uh, two to three weeks, who has been your favorite Stark? <laughs> well, um, I, I you know it it, it varies um, because you know most people will will, will go with John, um, but um, me. Um, and 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 some people are are, are saying are, are saying uh, uh, Sansa as well because of just how her her character has evolved. Um, but with me, I'm going with Arya. I think that's kind of the popular answer. But uh, I, you know, ever, ever since season, I, I've been on her um, since the beginning. You know, and I, she's really what's what's drawn me to the show. You know, and and she's kept me uh, kept me. Uh, I think when it comes to to character development, she has had the best. Um, character development, um, and just to see it kind of go full circle from 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 season one to now is easily the 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 best kind of of uh, development that I've seen. You know, um, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, mo- uh, you know, there's a wrong answer, obviously, but 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 for me, when it comes to developing characters and seeing the character grow, you know, literally going through every stage if you watch it, then then that's that's my favorite Stark right there, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see her on the phone. Now, now the key word there was Mr. Jeans was Stark. I was including Tony in that as well. If you want to talk about Gormfuss, <laughs> I've been telling you for the past two weeks, Darren. I've been telling you not to give me spoilers away, but I, you know, it's been two weeks. If you haven't seen it yet, you'll eventually you've uh-huh. probably heard. I've been telling people Arya did it for Tony. That's what I've been telling well, people. Well, well, look, I'm I'm going to say this. Um, I'm a huge Tony Stark fan. Okay, and and. and and before we even dive into that, I'm I'm more of a DC guy. Okay, I love DC. 
Um, I love I love Bruce Bruce Wayne and and all those guys. Bat the Bat Family. That was my favorite superhero is Batman. So we're in agreement. There you go. There you go. So, but I do know my way around a Marvel comic book here and there. And uh, it it, yeah yeah Tony Stark uh, would have to be one one A between him. And of course, Black Panther. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna throw my man uh, King T'Challa out there, you know. But um, yeah, if even if you're including Tony Stark, best Stark, I'm still going with Arya. That's 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 right. final. Fair enough. But I do like your whole point about it going full circle. But uh, hey, the good thing about podcasts and being blog and blogging together and things like that, there's gonna be plenty of opportunities to discuss that in the future. So I look forward to it. But let's mm-hmm. let, let, let's. Let's get to the reason why we're here. We got plenty to talk about. Um, you know, we'll start with the playoffs, and it's been, um, you know, it's been fun. You know, the first round. The thing about the playoffs over the past couple of years, Darren, I think that you, I want to get your take on this, is that it seems like there's just so many blowouts in these games. While yeah, the series have been close, you've gotten six or seven game series. Five of the games, even in the finals between the Cavs and Warriors, they've been blowouts. But this year, it seems like, especially getting past the first round, you've had some very good games. Still some blowouts in there, but some very good games. What are just a couple of takes from the second round of the playoffs that that, that, you're, that you've really honed in on and that have caught your interest the most? Yeah, well, well so this, I, th- I think most of the uh, the, the matchups that, that we've had, um, most people kind of predicted that uh, we would see these matchups. You know, we're with uh, Houston and Golden State. You know, you have uh, Philly uh, and Toronto. So most people kind of kind of predicted that this is where we would be. Um, now, when it comes to the quality of the game, I do think, um, yeah, the blowouts kind of turned some people off. Um, but with me, I actually like a blowout because I feel like the next game, that team that got blown out, um, they're going to come harder. You know, and 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 they have they now have some bulletin board material. You know, all they can do is turn on turn on a a, a first take or something, and 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 you'll see them saying or Paul Pierce after game one saying, "Well, they're done." You know, so 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 yeah, most people don't don't like the blowouts, and it kind of turns people off. But with me, I think to me when I see a series, I automatically give each team one game. In my opinion, it's already one one usually because. One team's going to usually get that one blowout win where just nothing's going right for this team. We can't pass the ball. We can't shoot the ball. It's just nothing's going right. So, in my, you know, usually when in, – unless you're playing Golden State, usually it's not – you know, it's, it's not easy. But usually in most playoff series, I look at it as it's already 1-1 because you're going to get one game, like I said, um, where you just blow your opponent out. Um, but, I mean, you know – Nothing has really gone um, to, to surprise me when it comes to the second round. Now, I do think it's about to get a lot more interesting with Kevin Durant. Um, I do think Golden State really dodged a huge bullet um, with, with, with him and his injury just being a, a calf sprain. I think that's a big relief for them. Um, and I also think that kind of gave Steph Curry and Klay Thompson a, a, a wake-up call, as in, okay, we can't you know, there is no Kevin Durant now. You know, it's 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 back on us. Um, and I think people forget just how good they are. So, you know, they're gonna have to. In in, in my opinion, they're they don't want this to go seven games. Uh, I think if this goes seven games, it bodes well for Houston because Houston now sees a wounded Golden State. So, how will they respond? You know, everyone knows wounded animal. 
dangerous to, to kind of touch then. But I think Golden State wraps it up in six. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think now it's getting really interesting with a bunch of game sixes and game sevens. Well, and the thing that I'll say is this, is that, you know, we just had Philadelphia, um, you know, Toronto did come back a little bit, but we just had Philadelphia that that handled Toronto pretty easily. So we've got a game seven there, um, you know, mm-hmm. close game between Denver and Portland right now. And then mm-hmm. obviously, go. so you are correct. You know, the thing that I'll ask, though, about Toronto, of course, you know, for a lot of Grizzlies fans, I'll, I'll include myself there. Um, you know, the thing about it is, is that Mark is playing for Toronto. And I want to kind of get your take on that. You are someone who definitely has, you know, you're very opinionated. You have no problem giving your opinion. You've mm-hmm. seen the way Jonas played here. But mm-hmm. if this is a better player right now than Mark, Toronto traded for Mark because they felt that he would be better for him in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Do you that he has made them a better team and do what is your take on the whole Jonas Mark situation was it the right move for both and do you think it's going to be a difference maker for Toronto in the end yeah yeah well well that's a good question because uh my uh my my second article when I came on with GVP was uh trade Marcusol that was my second one you know my my, my first one was Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Darren James. My backstory, blah blah blah. You know, everyone, everyone kind of, oh, this, this is good. This guy's gonna be great, and and yeah, this is my guy. But then I came out, Trey Marcus all, <laughs> and immediately everyone who followed me on Twitter was like, ah, I don't, I don't think I like you anymore. Ah, you know, things like that. But um, I'm not against Mark. I think Mark is a fantastic player. I think he did a lot here, um, and but I, I've always known. Mark is a great secondary player. You know, if you put him in a position to, to you know, if you want to run your offense through him, then you're going to be disappointed. You're not going to like the results. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying that in a bad way. He, he's, he, he's, a, he's a Robin, and that's okay. You can have great Robins. You know, Scottie Pippen is probably the greatest Robin we've ever seen. That's how Mark is. He's a fantastic Robin. Um, and I think when Toronto traded for Mark Gasol, most fans didn't really know a lot about Mark Gasol. They they knew playoff part, you know, playoff Mark Gasol, where where he's you know do, you know dominating San Antonio or things like that. So they probably felt like they were getting um, a better version of 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 about of of, 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 of But in my opinion. I think, the, and, and I criticized this trade, and, and, and that was my fault. I, I do think the Grizzlies won that trade because Valentinus, I think, showed a lot of promise here in the short time that we had him. Um, and the, the, the Toronto fans are kind of seeing, oh, you, you don't really average 25 a night and, and grab 15 rebounds, and, you know, you're not really what we thought you were. He makes the smart play, which is like I said, which is great. Um, but he doesn't. He's not that kind of player who says we're down by three, we need a bucket, give me the ball. He is we're down by three, give me the ball. If I'm if if it's a good shot, I'll take it. But if you have a better shot, I'm passing the ball up. And 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 that kind of divides fan bases. You know, some people feel like that's a good basketball play. If we lose, we lose. Others feel like you're being paid. You're one of the highest paid players on the team. Take that shot, you know. So, yeah, I think Toronto fans are still happy with their investment. But I think if they could maybe take it back, 
I think most of them would take it back because, uh, you know, I don't know if, 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 if Val would give them what Mark is giving them, but he would definitely be a little more aggressive, I would say, um, on the offensive and the defensive uh, on, and the uh, defensive end. I definitely think in Toronto's case, it made some sense to make the move. I think Marcus saw his skill set is more um, uh, conducive to the playoffs. It, it mm-hmm. raises the seeding of your team. On that same end, tr- Toronto definitely went all in. If Kawhi walks, hey, you know right. what? We, we, we're looking, we're, we're going to see uh, where we can go. Um, and, and they may want to, uh, at that point, they may have wanted to keep a Jonas and, and DeLon Wright. Mm-hmm. Before I go on to my next point, I'll ask you another, you know, pretty straightforward question here. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to two. It comes down to Kawhi and it comes down to Giannis. Right mm-hmm. now, going forward, who would you rather take as being the player you feel is going to take their team all the way or as, as far as they can? And why do you take the player? Yeah, and, and, and you know, I'm, I I wouldn't say one's better than the other. That's an argument that 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 it certainly can be had. Um, but if, if I had to pick, um, it, it will be Giannis. And, and, and reason being is because I, I do think Kawhi is a special player. He's a super efficient player, uh, especially on the court, just super efficient. Um, but I think what gives Giannis the slight nod to me over him will actually be off the court. And that's that's how – he has basically already committed to the city of Milwaukee. Um, you know, Milwaukee isn't a, you know, a, a, a it's not a, it's not, it's not a LA, a, a Miami, New York, you know, they have great fans there, but they're not a big market. You know, free agents aren't dying to go to Milwaukee, you know, um, but he has openly said that I, I love this city. I want to stay in this city. I, this is my home. You know, they took a chance on me. You know, that's what you want to hear in a player. You know, you want to hear things like that. I'm not saying Kawhi doesn't doesn't feel that way about Toronto, but when a player is openly saying things like that, you know, that lets me know that he's committed to the game of basketball. He's not worried about, you know, all the off-court things. He he kind of took some criticism for saying, I'm not – like because LeBron is filming Space Jam 2, and apparently he asked Giannis, and Giannis said, no, he's like, I'm not worried about – making a movie like I'm, I'm basketball, you know, he got criticized for that. For me, that's, that's what I want to hear. Like, like I want to hear you say, I'm here to win. You know, I'm here to, I'm, I'm, I'm here to, to win, to bring a title to this city, you know, and that's the kind of thing that, that I'm looking for on the court. You know, it's, 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 you can say one's better than the other. I won't really argue with you. I won't say you're wrong, but in my opinion, when you see a, 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 a basically seven foot Giannis coming down the court, on a fast break, you know, there's just nothing you can do about that. Um, and and then the reason why I really love both of these guys, and, and you mentioned you saw some of my videos, so you may know what's coming, is because they both went to, as you know, Kobe camp, and people criticize Kobe all the time. I don't know why, but these two players, these MVP players over the offseason, both went to the Kobe camp, and they have been shooting lights out efficiency since the beginning of the season. So because of that reason also, I love both of these players. But, I, you know, again, if, if I had to take one of them, give me Giannis just because it's almost un- – he's basically unstoppable on the court. I agree with you completely. I, I mm-hmm. do think – I think Kawhi is the better all-around player. 
But I think mm-hmm. it's that killer instinct. I think that killer instinct of Giannis, just you could see it. You could. I think that plays a big part of it. You see it with LeBron. Mm-hmm. You see it with Durant. You see it with Curry and other players. You want mm-hmm. to see when you know that your player is unstoppable. And it's nothing against Kawhi. That's just how his personality is. But I think mm-hmm. it's an added element that's not there. So I think that that does have some value in Giannis's game. But changing the focus a little bit from those in the playoffs to those mm-hmm. out of the playoffs, one of your vlogs, mm-hmm. one of your opening vlogs for coming in high was in regards mm-hmm. to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And we talked, mm-hmm. and you you talked about, yeah, you talked about Russell Westbrook. And there's been talk. How real good is the investment in Russell Westbrook that Oklahoma City has made? And, and to, to extend that thought, talk about that a little bit. You see the investment that Washington's made in John Wall, how bad of an investment that seems now with his injury. You now have Kawhi Leonard out there. There's a lot of similarities between, um, or not Kawhi Leonard, but um, uh, uh, Kyrie Irving. I think there's a lot of similarities between Westbrook and Kyrie, especially personality rise. See how Westbrook has handled his extension. Do you think that has any impact on Kyrie and his free agency coming up? Well, uh, <laughs> well, I, I know. Just, just, just talk about the first part with Oklahoma City. Um, I think Sam Presti is a is a is a fantastic uh, uh, um, GM for, for 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 one. And and I mentioned in the uh, in the in the blog, like you said, that uh, there are fans who are actually Oklahoma City fans who actually uh, wanted Sam Presti gone. And and I, I I don't back that at all. I think that is a mistake. Um, I think he has done some things that that you may have been like, oh, I don't know. But Sam Presti, I think, is is a genius, to my in, in my opinion, because uh, they could okay. they could have been in a, in a much worse position than they are right now. Um, but you know, with 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 uh, Westbrook, I just think he he needs to think about his game and and think about where he can improve it you know he needs to see okay i still have this athleticism i still have all this speed i still have all this jump but i can't shoot and the the game thanks to steph curry has or really both steph and clay the uh, splash brothers it has evolved to the shooting game and, and he just can't do it and, and you know he he has to in, you know, to, he has to improve that part of his game um, if he wants to keep up with 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 today's NBA. Um, and and Westbrook is a smart guy. You know, he's like, to listen to me, and 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 he knows what he what he needs to work on. So I, I fully expect him to come back uh, with a with a different attitude. Um, you know, his I I do think he will work on his shooting, uh, and and I think they'll they'll be just fine. They are in kind of sort of panic mode, I think. But I, I think the Thunder are just fine. Now, when it comes to Kyrie and his free agency, I think the only person who hurt his free agency the most is Kyrie Irving. Only because of, you know, I understand after playing a long game and then losing and, and things not going your way, then you have to sit down and you have to have, have, to have people in your face asking you questions, questioning your loyalty. I can understand how that can get tiresome um, night in and night out, but you know this is what you wanted. Like you, you left Cleveland because you wanted this. You wanted to be the guy. You wanted the spotlight. You wanted to be. You wanted to be 
you know, A, like I, I am I am the guy, right? And when you're the guy, you have to do that. You have to sit down. You have to answer those questions. You have to talk to the media. You have to explain why you didn't win this game and why this shot didn't go in and why you all didn't run this. You know, that's, that's your job. Um, and, and NBA GMs are watching that. So, yes, I, I do think he hurt his free agency. But, you know, at, you know any, any NBA GM would, would most likely, you know, welcome Kyrie to their, to their locker room. But, you, you know, if, if, if I'm an NBA GM and I have Kyrie in a room and he wants to come to my team, I'm asking him, you know, I have a good core here. I, if, if you're going to do this, I need you to understand that you need to work on your leadership skills. You know, you, you, if you're going to be the guy, you've got to work on your leadership skills. It's, it's that simple. Um, and, and if he doesn't work on that, then I'm not signing him. You know, or if you're not going to work on your leadership skills, okay, pass the torch to a, a guy that we think is, could be our leader but do what you do on the court. You're unstoppable on the court. So, so do that, but understand I'm not the guy, you know, which I don't think he's going to do. So chances are, you know, if you're not going to work on your leadership skills, if you're not going to be, be the guy, I can't have you on my team. And you hit the nail on the head. It's really been a worst-case scenario for Kyrie. The peak mm-hmm. of his career with LeBron, he's gone over to the Celtics. He got his wish to be the guy. Nobody can blame the Celtics for trading for him, especially giving up what they did. But when Kyrie's played, he's shown he's got the skill set to be the guy. But he's done everything possible that he can off the court to take away from it. The Celtics have shown they play better without him. And when he's gone up against other teams with emerging number one guys, he really hasn't done anything. So, yeah, I think he's going to get a max contract somewhere. But I do think that there's more questions right now than Kyrie thought there would be or the Celtics thought there would be a few years ago. But let's get to a guy who is the guy for the Grizzlies, and that's Mike Conley. You know, Darren, three years ago, the Grizzlies signed him. He was the richest contract in NBA history at a time, um, mm-hmm. uh, three summers ago. No one thought that, you know, it would turn into a good investment or a great investment. But yet, mm-hmm. here we are three years later. The man has, is coming off playing the best basketball of his career. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's still injury prone. But the big question I have for you is this. What do you think the Grizzlies should do with him this summer? What do you think of his comments of stating, hey, I, if it's not here, I'm ready to go where I can win? How do you mm-hmm. think the Mike Conley situation is best handled going into the summer? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a tricky uh, situation, too. And, and, and Mike, I think the Grizzlies are fortunate to have a guy like like uh, like uh, Mike Conley, a, a, a really stand-up guy, Um I think most players in his situation would have asked out a long time ago and, and, and they would have made it public. They would have said, Hey, look, yeah, a, a, I have, I have asked for a trade, things like that. You know, it is, it was, it would have been a lot messier than it is right now, but because Mike Conley, it just isn't that kind of guy, which the Grizzlies, I think are fortunate to have that. Um, it has really been kind of under the radar, you know? Yeah. That one comment came out where he's kind of like, you know, I would like to be on a on a championship caliber team. Um, that's every NBA player. So, so you know, I totally understand what what where he's coming from. Um, but in, in in my opinion, I think it really depends on um, 
the lottery spot, whether you keep the pick, convey the pick. I think it depends on who you pick. I think it depends on what you do with Chandler Parsons. You know, I, I think there are other things, other factors that come into play before you make a decision on Mike Conley. Now, I will say this, and this has been a pretty popular uh, um, idea, um, trading Mike Conley. I think the number one team that the Grizzlies should be watching right now when it comes to trades are the Los Angeles Lakers. Because, of course, we know the Lakers are going to go after the big guy. They're going to go after KD, Kawhi. They're going to go, and, you know, if Kyrie opts out, they're going to go after him. But if, and chances are, they're probably going to miss. If they miss on all those guys, the Lakers have to to get something. You know, they, they, they can't, you know, come empty-handed. I think that's where Mike Conley comes in. Um, I think that is the most likely scenario you know, when it, when it comes to Mike Conley. If you want to trade him, I think right now the Lakers are either top or one of the top destinations. And I will say this, I think Utah really messed up by not trading for him because, you know, obviously they're out, but I think he could have brought a lot of experience, a lot of help to, to, to them in their series. But I think right now the Lakers, if, if I'm the Grizzlies, I am watching every move the Lakers make because immediately when I, when I see, okay, they're out on every top free agent. I'm giving them a call the very next morning and saying, "What do you want from Mike Conley? Give me your, give me everything." Because then you have all the leverage in the negotiations. They're going to be desperate. They're going to be wounded. That's when you get as much as you can from them. Um, but again, that depends on, like I said, if you keep the pick, if you convey the pick, um, how your money situation is looking. If you stretch out uh, 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 Parsons. If you just brought up this last year at Parsons, it just depends. But if I'll say this, and, and if, 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 I'm, if I'm Mike Conley's agent, I'm not happy because you, you could have already been gone. You could have probably still been in the playoffs, depending on where you went. You know, Mike Conley is a, is a fan. You know, he is a perfect player as a fan. But as an agent, you, you don't want your player saying the things that Mike Conley has said, you know, because because you want your player to be successful, and you want the more money he makes, more money you make. Um, and so, as an agent, I am pulling my hair out because because he he just wants to stay here so badly, which is fine for us fans because we want him to stay. Um, but yeah, I I I I think right now it's a fifty fifty chance that 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 he stays or leaves. But just depending on the events that, that, are, that are coming, um, I think it, it could either lean towards him leaving or lead towards him staying. So, Darren, you mentioned the Lakers as a likely destination for Conley. And, 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 and I'll be honest with you, the Lakers as a destination a year ago seemed like a top five in the NBA. Yep. Now, with all the stuff that's going on with their coaching search, I mean, it's it's a it's an L.A. problem, it seems. UCLA first and now the Lakers. What is going on? What seems to be the big issue, and how does it get resolved? Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I, you know when, when LeBron James decided to uh, be a Laker, I don't think he thought his first year would be anything like it has been. Um, you know, this coaching search has just has been you know, nothing short of of an embarrassment. You 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 have uh, you know you know people are saying the Lakers you know were intrigued were in, were impressed with with Monty Williams but never offered him the job right. 
Um, uh, Ty Lue was always their guy, and they knew that from the jump. You know, they they gave Jason Kidd uh, uh, in an in, in interview out of Kersley. You know, there's a bunch of things that have been said, you know, and the truth is somewhere in there, right? Um, but it, it, the way it has played out has just been an embarrassment. Um, you, for, you know, if, if, if Ty Lue is your guy, you know, then, then you, you know, you, you let him know from, from the start what, what kind of ballpark numbers you're thinking. Not at the very end when, when he gives him a chance to just walk out and be like, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not impressed with that. You know, everyone's heard of, of, of the numbers that they've offered. You know, it was for basically a three-year deal, which was the remainder of LeBron's contract, which I'm sure he hated, um, which made him look like we're just hiring you just for LeBron because when he leaves, we're done with you too. And, 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 and I'm not taking that job, so why should he? Um, and, and, of course, it was underpaid in, in his opinion because he's only one of two coaches to ever win a championship with LeBron James. So whether you like his style or not, I do think that kind of gives him some value because uh, you're not getting Eric Spolstra for sure. Uh, and, 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 and then you have the whole Monty Williams interviewing him, um, you know, and then him picking the 19-win sons over you, your division rival who – don't they don't have Le- their best player is Devin Booker, whom whom I think is special, but he's on he's on LeBron James, um, but he picks him over you. So, you know, where do you how do you fix it? I, I don't think there is a there's an overnight fix. I think it is a a a upper management, i.e. Genie Bus, Kurt Rambis, Rob Palinka problem. Magic, you know, we gave Magic a lot of a lot of flack for quitting the way he quit. But if this is what he saw, I have no problem with, with, with what he did because I don't know how anyone can work with that. I will give Magic Johnson credit. He created one of the best uh, video clips in a while. I, I'm not going to be here. It, it, it applies <laughs> to everything <laughs> nowadays. But, uh, but Darren, I bring up the Lakers because I know you're, you're, you're a big Lakers fan, but I also know you're a Grizzlies fan as well. I, I couldn't yeah. tell it when admitted that you do your homework at Grizzlies games, but I'll get on to you for that another time. Um, but <laughs> but uh, what I'm getting at, though, oh. is, is that you wrote an article for GBB at the trade yeah. deadline talking about the current front office. Show me. That's something that's a trend with your articles, which makes them so good. Show me. Yeah. Prove to yeah. me that what you said is correct. The mm-hmm. current, the old front office, they did that. They wanted to convey. They put us in a chance to do that. Now mm-hmm. we've got this front office in place. My question mm-hmm. to you is this. What do you want to see from this front office that will mm-hmm. make you confident that we will not see in the near future a situation like the Lakers are going through? Or, oh. or what gives you confidence that this new front office for the Grizzlies is better, is different from the old front office? Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you what, your situation can't get any worse than the Lakers. So, so you're, you're not, you're not stooping that low. I'll start with that. So I'm already confident there. Um, and what I, I, I can already tell what kind of makes these guys a little bit different than the previous, you know, we, we've kind of been through this, through this, uh, uh, before with the Grizzlies, you know, uh, front office after front office turnover after front office turnover. But I will say this, I think these guys bring a little bit something more different than the previous ones. And that's, and that's, I wouldn't say experience because they obviously don't have a lot of experience, but you know, they brought on guys 
with some experience. So you have a kind of mixture of young, I, I get how to do this job, um, numbers-oriented, um, but then you also have the seasoned guys who have done this before and can kind of guide them um, um, when it comes to doing this job. Now, like I said, I was wrong when it came to the Mark Gasol trade. And, yeah, you know, they're saying this, this, is, this, this front office has changed, blah, blah, blah. But I think that was that they've kind of been in power for I would say the second at least the second half of the season. The trades that were made during during the uh, 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 before the uh, trade deadline, I look at that as that was kind of their first move that they made. Um, and I, I I actually like everything except the uh, the uh, holiday trade. I I wasn't too big on that. Um, but when it came to the Marcus Aldridge, I I felt like they knocked it out of the park. You know, you got some really good pieces back that may um, have a pretty big role in the in the in the in the in the near future, possibly down the road as well. Especially with uh, Balanchunas, I think he works perfectly alongside uh, Darren Jackson Jr. Um, so yeah, hopefully he 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 opts in, I, and hopefully you can you can extend him because I want to see him here for a while. Um, so it's you know if. If that trade is is any indication of what's to come, that gives me hope. And I've and I've been kind of saying that on Twitter and, and everything else, that this front office, they they kind of give you hope. You know, uh, that's kind of all the Grizzlies have right now is hope. Like you got all you you got to hope that these new guys work out, and you got to hope that these players work out. Um, but at least you have some. Like like you have something to hope. You have something to to, to go off of. Um, and 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 so that's why I feel like I'm not you know and, and I haven't been critical of these guys because I think they are they're, they're making good decisions in my opinion now, now now again I didn't like the holiday I, I thought that was a bad trade but but I do like like I I was wrong and you can go back you can look you can see I did not like the Marcus All trade but I was very wrong on that and and I don't know I'm wrong and and but I'm glad I'm wrong you know I don't want this franchise to to to, to do bad and you know. So if if that is any indication of what this front office is about, I think the Grizzlies will be fine. Um, I think they are in good hands. And like I say, it can't get any worse than what the Lakers are anyway. So I am I am all board. I am all on board for these guys. And I think I, I think they're gonna do a great job. Again, we have Darren Jeans here, creative mind behind the new social media um, <laughs> platform known as uh, Coming In Hot. Just one last question, your perspective on what's coming up next week, Darren. Um, and I mean, yep. you know, for next week's show here, we'll, we'll probably, and I'm sure you'll have takes on what's going on. Of course, the draft lottery. Just straightforward, yep. what are your hopes? What, where, where would you, what direction would you be most satisfied with for the Grizzlies yep. when the ping pong balls fall uh, next week? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Most people are convey, convey, convey. They 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 want to get rid of it. You know, get rid of it. Um, you know, get this out of the way. You know, people. The, the, basically, Chris Wallace came out and basically said, "We want to get rid of this pick." You know, I, I, and that's okay. If if that ends up happening, fine. I'm okay with that. I have a different approach. I feel like, you know, if you can get a young player this year to put alongside. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. I think that kind of increases because again, you got to be looking down the road four to five years from now. You know, when Jaron Jackson has the opportunity to say, "Do I want to stay here?" You know, did you do enough to keep me here? 
I think if you get a young player in this year's draft, that can kind of entice him to stay. You know, when you look at that team, he's obviously going to be the future, um, but he's surrounded, and, and, and I feel like they've kind of pushed Mike Conley to kind of be his mentor, you know, and at first it was it was uh, Mark Gasol when he was here, you know, but you you have to have players in his age range as well. Of course, you want to have good veteran players on on every good on every good NBA team. There there are one or two, maybe more good veteran players, but you also want to have good players in it kind of in that in that in that in that young age range, the early twenties, you know, teens, you know, um, so they can grow together i.e. The, the Golden State Warriors. No, they weren't in their teens when they were in their early 20s, but they kind of all were drafted kind of together, and they, and they grew together, you know. So you can, in, in my opinion, you can never have too many young players who can grow together. Now, with that being said, when you have too many, you, you, you're going in a cycle that's never going to work. You have to have a good mixture of young players and veteran players. And right now, while you still have good veteran players, you want to be able to stockpile on your young ones. So I see no problem with with, with adding another young piece alongside um, of Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, as you know, site site manager Joe Mo, like he hates Cam Reddish. He does he, he does not want Cam Reddish anywhere near the city. And and I and 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 I can see why. I can see why. But but if you add someone like him. Put him in the corner, you know, and say you're a three-point specialist. I think he can develop into a a quality, good NBA player because I think it's there. You know, I think it's there with him. Now, again, I I wouldn't want him, but if you got him, I wouldn't be upset. But at the same time, let's say you strike gold and you get the you get the second pick. Obviously, you're not getting Zion. In my opinion, you get John Morant. Imagine John Morant. And Jaron Jackson Jr. on the same team, growing together, developing together, learning the game uh, both on and off the court together. So, yeah, conveying is good. That's you know, I'm, I'm I understand that. But imagine having another young player that you can put alongside him, and they can grow together. And that's how that's how you get a dynasty through the draft. You know, especially when you're in Memphis, you're not going to get those. Um, um, you know, Kawhi's and, and, and Kyrie. So you got to build through the draft. So every, in my opinion, every chance you get to get a young player, take advantage of it and worry about conveying down the road. And there you have it. I, I agree with you c- completely. I do. Um, in terms of the young player approach, I still think that I, I really want to have control over our pick in next year's draft. That's why I'm such mm-hmm. a convey-oriented guy. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I get where you're coming from. But but let's really get down to, to, to what you mean by young player. In mm-hmm. terms of all the players in this draft, Darren, I know who one and two are for you. So the question comes down to this. Do you feel four or five years from now, is it either going to be Grant Williams or Admiral Schofield that makes Jaron Jackson Jr. <laughs> stay for the rest of the Which one is <laughs> well, let me say this. Saints are Come on now, let's go. Well, well, look, look. As, as, as you know, I am, uh, uh, if not the biggest, um, one of the biggest uh, uh, UT haters um, east of the Mississippi. So, you, you, you know, it takes a special man to be able to admit his flaws. Go ahead, I'm listening. <laughs> 
So you know, if 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 any of those players come, but look, look, I'll be honest. If I had to, if I had to take one of those guys, I see potential in Grant Williams. And now again, I don't like him, but 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 I do see something. You know, I, I wouldn't mind a a spending a, a, a second round pick on him. I, I wouldn't mind that at all. So I think he can turn into something. His name is Darren Jeans, probably one of the, the, the funnest personalities that uh, that is there over at GBB. Uh, but uh, Darren, uh, real quickly, how can people access uh, um, Coming In Hot uh, via Facebook and, and, and Twitter and all that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, listen, we, we, are, we are still brand new. Um, it's, just a, it's just a group of guys, group of friends, um, where we, we are going to start putting out a show, weekly show, um, where we're just going to sit around and just talk, talk about, you know, the games that night, talk about movies, you know, we're just going to, you know, because we, we have uh, a, a, a group meeting and, and we just cut up all day. Uh, uh, I'm constantly being told by my girlfriend to, to, to pay three more attention to her because I'm paying too much attention to them. Um, and then, you know, and, and, and one day it was just, why are we not putting this out there? Like, this is hilarious. So, so, so that's what we're doing. Um, and you can you can you can just follow us on Facebook. Uh, uh, coming in hot, you know. There's, there's no G there, okay? It's just we're 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 a little hip. Um, so it's, it's, we, we 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 took off the G's. What's well, coming in hot? Um, and on Twitter, it's at coming in hot mem, um, all capital M E M. Um, and and you know, again, we're we're just we're just getting started. So so we're, um, you know. Brand new, fresh, and but uh, I, I I think it's going to take off, and I think you know we're we're of course going to have you on there, and we're going to have a bunch of people on there eventually. Um, but uh, I'm I'm excited for the direction that it's going to go, and uh, uh, I'm excited to introduce the other members um, on it as well. Well, Darren, um, I, I can tell you this: the one of the reasons I reached out to you was because I, I thought it would be fun. This exceeded expectation. It's been an honor <laughs> you on the show, bud, and I look forward to getting to know you a little bit more as time goes on. Thanks so much for joining us today, Darren. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you for having me. I'll be on anytime you ask me. Yeah, his name is Darren Jeans again, and one of the creative minds, creative minds by, behind coming in hot. Also, a fellow GBB uh, blogger over at Grizzly Bear Blues. For Sean Coleman, thank you again, Darren, so much for joining us here on the Three and D podcast. We'll see you next week with the review of the NBA draft lottery. Thanks so much, folks. Have a great night.